Welcome to Code and Conduit, a legal podcast by Bloomberg Law, where we talk about tech, telecom, intellectual property, privacy, and cybersecurity. I'm your host, Kyle Lahusik. America's information security workforce is facing a large gender gap, and it's a longstanding issue. Women composed 10% of the cybersecurity profession in 2013. In 2017, the number rose slightly. Women composed 14% of the workforce in America and 11% internationally. That's according to the 2017 Global Information Security Workforce Study, which had 19,000 respondents around the world. The report also highlighted a pervasive gender pay gap, and more than half of women reported various forms of discrimination in the workplace. With me today in the studio is Tyrone Wilson, founder of Cover 6 Solutions and organizer of the D.C. Cybersecurity Professionals Meetup. And joining us over the phone is Joyce Brocaglia, founder of the Executive Women's Forum and CEO of Alta Associates. Good afternoon, Tyrone. Good afternoon, Joyce. Yes, good afternoon. So, Joyce, if we could start with you, what are some of the major factors that have hindered the representation of female talent in this field? Well, that's a pretty big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I can tell you is when you're asking, uh, you know, the question is, um, you know, why why has there not been a, a huge change in numbers of women? Um, and I think if you refer back to the Women in Cybersecurity study, you'll see that it's really a kind of a a confluence of events that um, that really has created that problem, um, and in some of some of the events uh, are going to take generations to fix, like the way that women are being taught um, in schools and 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 entering STEM programs, and just the cultural and societal norms that we have about um, you know how we're encouraging young girls. Um, and providing them the confidence to follow in uh, not only technology degrees, but in really changing the the look of cybersecurity, the way it's marketed, the way it's perceived as not just a technical young guy in a hoodie, you know, in a basement drinking Jolt Cola, right? So I think from a from a very basic perspective, there's a lot that has to change. Uh, most importantly, kind of the dirty little secret is not just the pipeline, but once women are in cybersecurity, why are they opting out? And I think the answer to that comes in the study when you say that, you know, there's 51% of women that have experienced various forms of discrimination. Um, and as the, you know, the leader of the Executive Women's Forum, I can tell you that that's been our experience, that women um, have experienced unconscious discrimination, unexplained delays in their career advancement, exaggeration of their errors or their mistakes. And, you know, when you combine that uh, that discrimination um, with the other fact that it shows, which is that um, even though there are women with more advanced degrees than men, uh, their compensation levels still at every level are less than their male counterparts. Um, you know, I think those two things alone um, have a huge impact on the numbers not increasing. And those are some of the things I think we have to very much work on in the future. And that's certainly some of the types of things that the Executive Women's Forum um, is working on and creating initiatives and programs to change. Thank you. And Tyrone, can you give us your perspective as the organizer of the DC Cybersecurity Meetup, which brings together, as you said, about 6,000 professionals now? So we are almost to 6,000 total and Joyce touched on a lot of great topics and a lot of the reasons why the gender gap exists. One of the thing, another one of another the things that I'm seeing is, you know, the opportunities for women 
aren't being presented. So that perception that Joyce talked about is there. So, you know, lately, you know, if you follow the latest conference scene, um, you'll see that, you know, women are, you know, now being put in a position to, you know, be the keynote speaker at conferences, being at least 30 to 40% of the speakers at these conferences and the trainers at these conferences, not saying that they weren't there before, but you can see a greater push for that. And also amongst the community, some of the things that we're seeing is for the panels that we're speaking on and for, you know, the events that we get invited to, you know, we're being asked, you know, sorry, as men to step up for the women and say, are there going to be other women on this panel? Are there going to be other women at this conference? If not, then I don't want to be a part of that. So on on top of the many of the things that Joyce um, discussed, um, those are some other things that are going on as well. And so you both touched upon how this is an issue not only before women enter the workforce, but also once they're in the profession. Can you guys talk about that a little bit more? Sure thing. So one of the things that has to happen, and I'm not saying that it's not happening now, is if we know that there's a gap and women are being put in that position, then it becomes their time to kind of represent for other women and, you know, be, and and I'm not saying that it's easy and I'm not saying that it's not happening, but when you're in that role, when you're on that stage, when you're in that position to represent women, then, you know, bringing your A game in that situation can really, really help. Um, as a person of color, um, I, I kind of have a feeling of what that could feel like um, because oftentimes, you know, there is not as much representation for people of color. So oftentimes I feel like I have to represent. So um, I feel like that could help. And once again, not saying that that's not happening right now. Well, if I can add, I mean, you know, interesting that you talk about that. You know, I I was just at an event yesterday and uh, there was a a professor from Harvard who's pretty renowned who had spoken at our conference, uh, our national conference that we hold each year in October in Scottsdale, Arizona. And she came up and she said, you know, Joyce, amongst all of the wonderful things and the speakers and everything, she said, what I was really most impressed with was the diversity of the women that were at the event, the diversity of the women on stage, the diversity of the women in the audience. And I mean diversity in every way, not just race, but sexual orientation and age and seniority. And, you know, that is something that the EWF does very intentionally. Um, So, you know, when you talk about what can be done currently, I think it's that intention. You know, unconscious bias is called unconscious bias because of that. It's unconscious. So what do we do to make it more conscious? And how do we take active steps? At the Executive Women's Forum, we do that all the time. Um, Our program, LIFT, for example, is our mentoring program. Um, this month uh, is the launch of the next six months of, of, of women that are going through the program. And we have over 200 women in that mentee-mentor program. And it's incredibly important um, for people in this industry, whether they're men or women, to become mentors and to become sponsors to that next generation of leaders. 
Um, and that could be someone that looks exactly like you, or it could be someone who's incredibly different from you. Um, but I think it's the responsibility of everyone in our industry uh, to do just that and lift as you rise and to bring people in um, to the profession to explain to the um, you know, we have a, a program called the Cybersecurity School Challenge where we've educated over 100,000 kids on, on, you know, how to um, think of cyber as a career and how to be safe online. Um, there's so many things that you can do if you are employed in this industry, if you're a professional in cybersecurity, in risk, um, in privacy, um, and to, you know, every day think about, you know, um, if you're a part of that underrepresented uh, group, as Tyrone is, I mean, we have a number of African-American women. And, you know, I think they feel like a dual minority, right? They're an African-American woman in cybersecurity. Um, and, you know, making them feel respected and feel loved and feel part of our community is essential um, for the evolution and the growth um, of this profession. Would you like to add to that, Tyrone? Sure. Um, I want to piggyback on, you know, the dual minority of, you know, women of color. Um, it is very, very essential that, you know, we have more women of color in cybersecurity. And another thing that Joyce had brought up um, when it comes to responsibility, you know, leaders in the cybersecurity field have a responsibility to embrace everyone of all genders and of all colors and of all races being a member or being the organizer of the DC cybersecurity professionals, it's one of the things that we stress. And I feel like it's one of the things that has helped us become a successful group is because we're, we're very open and we're very free. It's, it's a, it's a stress free environment where we accept everyone. And one of the things that we incorporate within the group is in our bylaws where we have a strict policy where there will be no discrimination of any type, period. And I feel like if you are, you know, taking part in these organizations or you are a member of such meetup groups or such conferences, then you should be able to take a look and see what their bylaws are. And, you know, everyone has a responsibility and especially the leaders to ensure that those bylaws are one in place and then two, that they're being enforced. And if they're not, then someone should definitely say something and, and speak up about that. So you both have touched upon how leaders are supposed to be responsible or should be responsible um, for elevating underrepresented groups. And obviously you two have played roles in um, seeing that elevation. But do you think it's common knowledge amongst leaders in the field um, do, they, do you think they are aware of these barriers for underrepresented groups? Well, let me, let me say this. You know, um, you know, we're the leading executive search firm in cybersecurity. And what I can tell you is that we actively help companies um, to ensure that they are interviewing a diverse fleet of candidates for every job. And that happens once again, as I said before, very intentionally. That means we sit with them and we look at how are your job descriptions written? Are they written in a way that is going to attract a diverse audience? Um, for example, if you're looking for a security engineer um, and you have a list of 20 must-haves, 
Um, it's it's knowledge, you know, common knowledge that men apply to a job when they have maybe 50% of the skills, and women when they have closer to 100. Right. So if you're if you're putting this entire list of checklists and you're writing it very aggressively from a penetration testing standpoint, um, that's not going to be as attractive. Um, to a widest group of, of, of folks. So we look at that. We look at what's the interview experience like. We do a lot of executive level hiring. What does the slate of candidates look like? Uh, I'm sorry, the slate of people that are doing the interviews look like. You know, is there diversity represented in that? And, and are the companies themselves um, requiring that both their internal recruiters as well as the external executive search firms or recruiting firms that they're working with um, are they requiring them to supply that diverse set of candidates? And do at the most senior level, is the tone at the top set that that's, you know, that's the direction that those companies need to take throughout the organization? And Tyrone, you talked about how you started the D.C. Cybersecurity Professionals Meetup based on wanting to educate others. Is educating them on diversity in the workplace, in the field, something that is intentionally brought into the conferences and meetups? So I think um, the way that we do it, it just happens organically because of the diverse environment that we already have. It's not something that like needs to be stressed. It's just there. When you walk into the room, it's in your face. When you see the pictures um, that we post, you know, you see a diverse group of people that are smiling, that are happy, that are all getting along. And I feel like because of that, um, because we foster that environment, we don't have to get to a point where we need to stress that unless something comes up or if someone makes a comment that's out of line, then we nip that in the butt really, really quick and let them know that that's not tolerated here and that's just how we handle it all. And Joyce, you brought up the statistic that by 2022, it's expected that there will be a shortage of 1.8 million information security workers. So what are the next steps um, before 2022 that you guys think should be taken? Well, I I think that companies um, need to establish stronger policies around, um, you know, really focusing on developing um, and retaining the cyber workforce and the importance of diversity in that. Um, And I think that it is the corporations that have to think about it. But I also think as cybersecurity legislation is being formed and is really in its infancy, um, they have to think about having diverse thought as a part of that legislation. Um, In May of this year, for the second time, uh, we brought 125 women to Capitol Hill. We had 25 meetings on the state uh, side, but also with the uh, federal government, both in the House and on the Senate with the cybersecurity subcommittees. And what we are pushing for is increased participation of women in that legislative process. And I think that um, all leaders need to step forward and, and take action and be a part of it. And Tyrone, would you like to offer your perspective on the next steps? Sure thing. So Joyce, I love the way that you touch on so many great topics of interest. One of the main things is the opportunities I feel like should be presented. And I feel like the imagery of what you display as your company should be diverse. Um, We kind of touched on it earlier because it can be intimidating. Let's say if you're a woman or if you're a person of color and everyone that interviews you 
or everyone that you see at the booth or everyone that you see representing a company that you want to work for doesn't look like you or um, doesn't do the same things that you do. So I feel like that will definitely help. And I, and I want to help get it to a point where it's not something that we have to think about or something that we have to stress that we need more women, that we need more diversity. I want to get it to a point where that happens naturally and we're not thinking about it and we're not surprised that there's a first woman of color keynote speaker, right? Or if there's a first woman, all, you know, a first all women's panel, right? So those things should happen naturally. So I want to just touch on the opportunities and once given the opportunity to, you know, to make the best of those opportunities, not saying that that's not happening, not saying that, you know, that we need to put the unnecessary additional stress on women to have to be so great. Um, I, I know that the, the pressure is already there. And, you know, just getting to a point where diversity is something that you instill in your company on a daily basis and everything else will happen um, pretty naturally if we kind of stick to that. So those are pretty much all the questions I had for you guys today. Any parting thoughts? Thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you, Joyce. Um, Your insight was very, very helpful. It was very great. If I could say anything to you know, anyone enter, entering the cybersecurity field, I know from experience that it's not going to be easy. Don't stop. Um, keep fighting. Keep pushing. The real parting thought is, if, uh, if not us, then who? Right? If we are not willing to step forward as leaders and truly um, show by our actions and not just by our words, if we're not willing to support and stand up when we see an injustice, or support interviewing and requiring those interview slates um, to be diverse. If we're not um, looking at our recruiting practices, if we're not looking at how we're branding ourselves, if we're not if we're not really being conscious about all of that, then who is going to do it? You know. So my call to everybody is to take action. Um, that the little things matter. Um, speak up for someone who's not speaking up at a meeting. Uh, become someone's mentor or sponsor. Um, you know, look for the positive in someone and help to uplift not only the individuals in your company, um, but the profession as a whole, because the cybersecurity profession has an impact on our communities, on our companies, and most importantly, on our nation. And uh, God knows we need some help <laughs> with that right now. So I'll leave it at that. Well, thank you, Joyce and Tyrone, for joining us for a thoughtful, constructive conversation today. Take care, guys. All awesome. right. You good. too. Thank you for tuning in to Bloomberg Law's Code and Conduit. For more on this story or the other topics we cover, visit us at bna.com and sign up for a free trial. Or check out all our podcasts on Code and Conduit's SoundCloud page. This episode was hosted by me, Kyle Husick. You can follow me on Twitter at the handle Kyle underscore Lehusik. Stay tuned for the next episode from Michaela Ross.